This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick Week Podcast, episode 348, brought to you by Graphically and iFanboy listeners just like you. Now are we institutionalized by the dead minds of today? In our regalia, are we okay? Because the flash of the blade is one less getting paid
Fanboy Pick Week Podcast, episode 348. My name is the affable Ron Richards, and I'm here with the, uh, I have no adjectives for Connor. Uh, I'm sleepy. I'm sleepy. <laughs> I, was, I was ready to be impressed. <laughs> Fuckers making me do this at nine o'clock in the morning. And the unimpressed Josh Flanagan. Whatever. We are from the website <laughs> ifanboy.com where we don't plan things in advance, and but we do read comics, and every week we read a whole stack of comics, and one of us goes and uh, writes the pick of the week review about the comic that we enjoyed the most that week, then we come back here and talk about it, as well as other books that came out, um, and other... <laughs> And the script bombing continues. <laughs> um, but we talk about other things of interest. Um, before we get to the show, <laughs> I, w- I wish I could tell you what Josh wrote in the script that I almost said. <laughs> anyway. We would have got emails. We would have got emails. Anyway, um, before we get to the show, a quick reminder and warning. Um, we're going to talk about what happens in the book, so we might spoil things. So if you haven't read your comic books, be warned. You might want to press pause, go read them, come back, or just be know that we might uh, spoil a comic for you. Um, all right, this week, Josh has the pick, that son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, now it's just a thing. It's got to go until somebody gets it. So uh, what is up with Brian Vaughn and Fiona Staples? It's, because It's magic. What, they're making they're making the other people look bad is what's happening, and then by by they're making us look like we got nothing else to talk about. But I read my books, and at the end of them, I'm like, ah, this is the best book. Saga Six was the best book by leaps and bounds out of anything else I read this week, and I didn't read bad comics. Do, do you but, realize, do you realize that this is now four out of six issues of Saga of have, six. have been pick of the week? Sixty six percent of all Saga issues are pick of the week. It's insane. And and if you look, I'm I'm pretty sure that every week that it comes out, it's been the number one community pick of the week too. Yep. So it's it it's uh it's running just roughshod over everything else. And and I was literally I was like, what I what am I supposed to? I didn't know what to say about it. I didn't. I was like, we've said all of the things that are really good about it. But it was it was very apparent uh, at two different moments while I was reading this issue that I was like, that's. That's that's the thing right there. Um, in the beginning, when when the will threatens uh, Prince Robot the Fourth, he yeah. says, "I'm I'm going to murder you and everything you love." Um, and then and then I was like, "Oh, that was that was a really good moment. That's a that's a, that's a panel of the week moment right there." And then uh, at the very end, when there's the reveal about uh, and for those of you not listening, we did warn you about spoilers. So here he goes. I'm going to say it uh, that that the two people show up in the rock in the tree rocket ship. Which, by the way, before you get the the, the again. Yep. Taking so- the familiar and the the relatable kind of concepts and applying it in the science fiction world in a way that you would never have thought. Invent- Water pressure in the rocket ship. Inventive, yeah. you know, a, a tree that is a rocket ship made out of wood that that is a tree that is sentient that requires a sacrifice in order for you to use it. Like it, it the way it communicates and like it just it, amazing, totally yep. amazing, and inventive and creative in a way that I will never ever be in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then there's a the two people show up and there's a fight and you're like, oh well, they're just gonna dispatch some bad guys. No, it's his it's his parents. Yep. It's, so the now, and it's the in-laws. Right. So now it's an in-law story being trapped in a rocket in space with, with your new baby uh, and your cultures are at war. And top of you being chased by several different factions of, of bounty hunters and militaries. Um, it's, there's a lot going on and we're six issues in. This is sort of the, the end of the first arc. And uh, there's just – I was like, God, there's, there's so much in front of us too. And it's, it's very exciting. Uh, it's, it's very it's it's very epic, and we we I, I, that, that word gets thrown around a lot, but 
It, uh, this the, truly way he's is lay, epic. the way he's laying it out very deliberately, building this world, makes it feel very epic. Yeah. Uh, it never gets smaller. It only gets bigger. But not in an overwhelming way. I mean, we're still very much focused on these two characters, but he just keeps adding more and more interesting elements to the world. Um, I wasn't expect. I mean, you 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 wrote the pick. I hadn't read my books yet. I read it. I was like, okay, it'll be Saga against Saga is always good. But it was, you know, no- nothing really blew your mind. Mm-hmm. But the pieces together made a wonderful whole. It's just, it's it's continually it's continually the most well crafted, well paced, w- well done comic every time it comes out i mean and, and like the thing is you've got you've you've got multiple you've got one main storyline but you've got a couple of of subplots and things like that and it's spending the right amount of time with the character getting a glimpse of this getting a feel for that and 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 it's just it's amazing it's just totally um uh it's it impresses me every time i just can't believe it yeah I, I think one of the things that stood out for me in this one was um just how good all of the characters are the, right now we've got about four main characters and then a couple of sort of side characters. We've got the Will and we have Prince Robot and then we have Alana and Marco. Please, still, please, Prince Robot the fourth. Yeah, I'm sorry, Prince Robot the fourth. A little respect for God's sake. Yeah. You're not talking about his great 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 grandfather, are you? <laughs> However, if he does start to flicker, just bash him on the side of the head. <laughs> um, you know, but they're all really, really interesting characters. They're all original. You know, every people have been saying the Will has a little bit of Han Solo, but people always say that about any character. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't pick that. up Han Solo he's, from him at all. He's much. He's much worse. He's, yeah. he's mean. Yeah, he's, yeah. No, I wouldn't call him a hero at all, in the least. Well, yeah. because of that, like we don't we don't really know him or know where he stands or where he's going to end up. And I really like the, I just like the the unknown of all of this. Uh, and and I I love every time Prince Robot the Fourth, uh, His Royal Majesty is on the is on the page. It's fascinating. Just see his yep. slightly stooped shoulders. Yeah. Like I just like you just can't quite because he's got a TV for a head you just don't quite know where he's coming from. Um, and and the thing with the will is that what I thought was surprising. So the the other bounty hunter, the spidery, the the the, the spidery woman, um, gets killed by Prince Robot, and Prince Robot takes her phone, her communicator, and because the will was calling her for help, and the will finding out that she's dead. Like I didn't expect that turn that he then threatened Prince Robot for killing her because you got the sense that they weren't that they were you know co- competition or there was some an- animosity there but you realize like oh wow their relationship is much deeper than i thought and that like it's just layer after layer and 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 Vaughn is just revealing just a little bit with each issue to get you more intrigued and every issue i want to know more about every person on the page which yeah, is i think I mean, is the way to, it, it's unbelievable it's unbelievable the waiting is is the hardest thing about it you know yeah. I, I don't want to say that they feel too short but when they're over you you immediately want more and you can't have it yeah well, now you're going to wait two months because if, if, uh, if you're not aware, the, the, the letter in the back from Brian Vaughn says they're taking a two-month break so they, they can stay on top of the issues. Um, but in the meantime, if you haven't read Saga and you're all interested, they're putting on the trade of the first six issues out for $9.99. Which is which great, you right? can't beat. So yeah. if, you're, if you haven't caught up or you're interested at all, I mean, it's super cheap. Or if you just want to get one to hand out to your friends too. Yeah, well, that, um, that, that's what I've been waiting. I mean, like I've got a list of people that I want to read this, and I've just been waiting for that first trade to be like, here, you know, here you go. But I almost feel bad doing that because it's, 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 it's going to be like, so when's the next one? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's going to be like the it's going to be like the Why the Last Man thing, where when somebody buys the first trade, they immediately come back the next day to buy like the next five. So yeah, yeah. so don't give it to them for eight years. Yeah, just hold off. <laughs> Apparently, you know, it's ongoing. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's, a, it's a Why the Last Man. It's a, it's a it's a complete series like why, but yeah. it's not going to be like twelve issues. It's going to be a long and time. Staples wants to draw all of it, which I'm totally. Cool. Well, I mean, let's talk about her for a second. I mean, you're talking about the Will scene, and I'm staring at this panel of his face, and it's just so intense. There's so much. There's so much 
emotion in the in the drawing, but there's not an overabundance of lines. It's she's really fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's quickly becoming one of the best artists in comics, and we loved her in Mystery Society, but she's better now with a different style. Yeah, um, she's, and she just she's, gets she's, to draw this great. this made up world. So <laughs> she's doing really sort of grassroots uh, character sort of human acting but then on top of it she's you know building all these other things the you know the dismembered ghost girl the the rocket ship tree the the you know the prince robot family um uh, also just sort of all sides of 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 comic book cartooning it's fun yeah. it's great yeah, this is really fantastic I, I i will never contend the pick when it when it is a saga it, I, I was like oh no come on not again yeah i just did this <laughs> I know four out of six. It's really, I mean, like, we have now run out of things to talk about about the book, and so it's it's going to be a challenge because I can't imagine yeah. each issue not being as good as this. But um, well, listen, I want to read more good books and everything, but at the same time, if they drop the ball a couple times, that's going to give us a little breathing room. Yeah, yeah. Let's listen, listen, Vaughn and Staples. Slow down. You're making the rest of the, uh, the how about a guest look, star? Look bad. <laughs> crossover something. Yeah, let's, so, let's, yeah. When is the Walking Dead crossover? I mean, that's what I'm shit, waiting just, for. <laughs> just shit the bed for a month or so. When does yeah. Scrappy Doo show up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so moving on. So Avengers vs. X-Men number 10. Um, this one was written by Brubaker with art by Kubert, um, by Adam Kubert. Um, and, you know, quick rest in peace Joe Kubert to his dad. Um, but um, I know I've been rough on AVX, uh, you know, throughout the, the series. You know, a little, little, little harsh here and there, a little critical. Um, this issue features uh, Cyclops uh, finding hope in Kunlun and, and there being a bit of a fight. And I got to give him credit. If someone had told me that there would be a dragon in this series, I would have changed my opinion. As soon as I saw the dragon fight Cyclops, I was like, okay, you know, I forgive. <laughs> there was a it, big, it, a big ass dragon. <laughs> it, it, there was great moments in the book, but it, this issue sort of encapsulated the overall problem, which is yeah. it's dragging out too long. Yep. And there's probably not enough story for 12 issues. Maybe Get. this should have been an eight, eight issue series. Get it? It's dragging out too long. Yeah, yeah, it's dragging out. It's dragging out too long. <laughs> Ron's going to the Catskills this weekend. He'll be appearing at all your fine resorts. Um, hey, don't forget the tip the last pictures. time I appeared, we drew on the walls of the cave. <laughs> What's say, funny? Is- I, I, I didn't. Ex- I didn't expect a dragon. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we know. Much like Saka now, this book will not be sticking to its schedule. It's coming out in four weeks instead of two. Oh, wow. Because so, they finally realized that maybe the artists weren't getting done in time because I thought Kubert was good in this issue up until like the last three pages. And, yeah. then, I th- and then I thought it fell apart a little. Like that last, that last four panel um, grid of, of Hope and Scarlet Witch and Tony like got all kind of rubbery. And, you know, this was the know. first issue where Cyclops' little man thong. Yeah. On his costume really started to bother me. I was like, "Why? Is, why? Why would he even put that on his costume?" Yeah, yeah, but so, um, but yeah. So, but, it, but yeah, it looks like you know Emma. Emma is losing it. She, the power's going to her head, and now Cyclops needs more power to defeat Hope. So, so he's gonna he's gonna go fight Emma, which is stupid. And and then now it looks like Magneto has woken up, and him and Charles are gonna come together to stop him. And so yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah. dragon. Hopefully, um, the dragon eats Scott at the end. Yeah. Uh, do we do you like the dragon then if it eats Scott? No, no, no. Leave Scott alone. Um, like, like Jurassic Park just throws him up in the air and bites. <laughs> yeah. He's the toilet guy. Scott's the toilet guy. <laughs> yes. No, Scott's the toilet lawyer. Wow, does he have shorts? Um, hey, shorts Con- and a suit jacket. Connor, are you reading Wonder Woman still? Yes, yeah, of course. I, I'm, as soon as I finished this, I my thought was, oh, I want to know what Connor thinks. So yeah. It was awesome. I well, a side note is that this was fill-in artist week for, at DC. Yep, exactly. Like 
Or like every book had a fill-in artist that I read, except for this one, which I thought would be like a prime candidate. But yeah. thankfully, it was still Cliff Chang. Uh, I, I really am enjoying this epic of gods, and I really didn't think I would because traditionally that's the part of Wonder Woman I find least interesting. I just like her as a superhero, but I love this whole soap opera between the, the, the Greek gods and how Wonder Woman is sort of the, the wild card in all of it. And uh, they all have their machinations and their plans, and she screws them all up. But then at the end, the I think this whole thing might be building to the fact that the old gods are going away. In the end, we see Orion of the new gods uh, come out of the earth. I'm not sure what that means, but maybe he's born from something. Puts on the Orion helmet, enters the boom tube, and then it says, uh, beginning the new god. or new god. So that was really exciting and really interesting. I think this book is going in really interesting places still. There was a couple of issues in the middle there where... It got a bit obtuse, but I think it's come back around the last couple, and it's been fantastic. There's some really nice uh, sequences in here, too. Yeah. Yeah, I've been on the fence with this one. I've been, like, this close to dropping it just because of the not having Chang on it, for you know, recently. And, and just the God stuff really doesn't interest me. But this issue was, was top-notch. This issue was solid. And then, yeah. and and with that ending, which basically, you know, it looks as if this whole face off of the of the uh, of the gods that Wonder Woman's been dealing with is ushering in the new gods. And we get and the spoiler, the big spoiler is the very end is we see a dude donning the Orion helmet and then going into a boom tube, which is awesome. Which I was like, well, oh, that's. I mean, that, that to be fair, that's a little bit of the fan service moment for me. The big, yeah. the big moment in this issue was the betrayal of uh, Apollo, or not Apollo, but Hermes, which yeah. no one saw coming. Yeah. Well, and, and, and yes, really yes, that's a, yes, that's a fan moment, but it's also I think, uh, but I think it's also a major, you know, like Azarello and DC appear to be taking the concept of the new gods and and that whole thing, which has always been the fourth world and dark side and stuff like that, and directly tying it into mythology and like and and the the ancient gods kind of thing. That's a different direction than what has been done historically, you know. So I, I think that I think it's going to prove to be important. But um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, really, really, really good issue. Really good issue. So. This book continues to be one of the best DC books. Yeah, even with a few clunkers in there. On the whole, it's been fantastic. Yeah, um, Daredevil seventeen with the Mike Allred special, who lobbied for a guest appearance in the letter column Daredevil a few months back, and he got one. Yep, and he got the draw stilt man. Not a lot of guys can get away with that. No, no, I don't even think he was lobbying to work on it. I think it was just like he—he he was. I mean, I talked to him at Don't Miss on, on the Don't Miss podcast, and he said he's like, "Yeah, I just wrote to Steve Wacker. I was like, hey, I really love what you guys are doing. If you ever want to do anything, let me know." But it wasn't like he w- wasn't. I don't think he was lobbying for it. Then the Wacker ran it in the letter column, which is right. funny. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, this was this was. I mean, this to see All Red do Daredevil was just was beautiful. Was was great, and st- to make Stiltman look awesome is, is a challenge. <laughs> He did look awesome. Yeah, he did. He totally did. Yeah. I miss those kind of wacky old villains. And I, I thought what was really fun about this issue was it was a flashback story, which you don't really get much anymore. People complain too much when those things happen. And I think that was fun that they got to just say, you know what? We're taking a breather and going back in time, and you're going to show you an it, old adventure. It was a really uh, tight little plot, too, with yeah. sort of the, the weird, uh, you know, Matt touching the videotape at the beginning and not knowing what that meant at all. And, and you know, the whole they're fighting because because Foggy won't tell him what's going on, and it turns out he's doing like the nicest thing on earth for him. Yeah, I mean, it was again that that Mark Wade touching kind of story. You know? Yeah, yeah, but also just to fit it into one, one you know, one issue, one story, just white sort of one straight shot of of, of good comic book story. Uh, you know, it's like this, like he did the 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 issue in the snow with the blind kids, you know. You know they don't get to do that enough because it's not conducive to the trade. But when they when they do it well, it, it's it's so satisfying. Yeah, 
And there's a great there's, there's some great sequences art wise in here. A lot of multi uh, daredevils in one panel as he moves through the air, which I l- always love, and just just a wonderful sort of throw. I don't know, throwback is thrown a lot, but it was a throwback in terms of art and in terms of style of writing. Uh, it was a one shot, uh, but still kind of tied into what's been going on, which they have to do. But uh, just great stuff from Allred. Really makes me look forward to the FF book that he's going to be drawing. Oh, I can't wait for that! I can't wait that. I mean, I know, and it's been baffling people that are criticizing that or not like you're, you know, don't like the th- the thing girl, or whatever. Like I, I will read anything all red draws. I mean, I know I've, I'm, I'm an outspoken fan of his, but like when you see an issue like this, you can't imagine. You can't. It, it's it's you know what he's going to do with FF is going to be great. It's going to be oh, it's going to be good. So I still don't love him. Oh, I okay. want to. I yeah. just don't know why. There's something. Yeah. Something. Something. It's not bad. I wasn't like, oh, this is awful. I just and uh, Laura Allred colored the, colored the hell out of it as yeah. usual. I mean, it's the kind of thing where we ta- I think we take it for granted because it's just they're such a great team and so in lockstep and like even like the subtle the coloring of the the video of the 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 uh, the fight uh, Jack, battle in Jack Murdoch's boxing match and stuff like like just subtle things like that. The underwater sequence, you know, what I mean, like she subtly changes the tone and the and the the color palette when needed, and it's just so effective. So yeah, so good. I jumped back on Batwoman this week or this month. Batwoman number 12 featured the return of J.H. Williams to art and features this crossover with Wonder Woman. It's not a crossover because it's not appearing on Wonder Woman, more of a guest appearance by Wonder Woman. So I thought that was a worthy, uh, two worthy things to check out. And it looked great. You know, it looked like J.H. Williams, who's fantastic. It's still a little clunky story wise, which has been, which was the problem before. Um, but but J.H. Uh, Williams' layouts continue to astound. Some wonderful circular layouts this time. There you had to read in a circle around a main panel, and then there was, you know, him doing Wonder Woman, which was fantastic. And I thought the idea of it, although it it's the start of a new arc, it still seems to be continuing what's been going on before, which I didn't like. But they gave you enough information where you can just sort of pick it up. Um, there's a person named Medusa in Gotham and they're not sure if it's a, just a fetish villain or if it's the actual Medusa so they want to bring in Wonder Woman to help in case it's the real one and uh, it's called World's Finest it's kind of a play on the old Batman Superman team up and it's I mean he does a great Wonder Woman She's, she hasn't really teamed up with Batwoman yet they sort of meet at the end they, they come together in parallel storylines and meet at the end and uh, I'm, I'm actually going to read the whole art because I really do like Williams you know, a lot and I really want to see him do some Wonder Woman action and the action he does do with Wonder Woman is pretty awesome um, so great surprise on New Mutants 47 for me um, in the art category. Uh, Felix Ruiz did the art, and it's this great, like, Sinkevich meets Simonson kind of P- Dan Panosian kind of style that I, as I read it, I was like, this art is fantastic. And I've never heard of Felix Ruiz. I don't know what else he's done, but um, I, this was uh, especially considering the the history of both um, uh, Simonson and and uh, Sienkiewicz when it comes to New Mutants and and that that these characters and those eras and that sort of thing. Um, so I don't know if like that he was doing that on purpose or if that's just his style or it just it just fits. And then um, this is the first uh, issue of a three-story arc called Fight the Future that where Abnett and Lanning are, have um, got the New Mutants trapped in an alternate reality that is just subtly different. Like, you know, like, for example, like uh, uh, Doug Ramsey figures it out when they're all at a restaurant 
that they normally a rib place in San Francisco that they go to, and but their the rib place in their reality has a red color scheme, but the restaurant has a blues color scheme. But nobody really noticed it until he noticed it, and then they went to they went to see Kitty Pride, and her ex logo was on the right side when it should have been on the left side, like little subtle things like that. And they're trying to identify all the different differences and what's wrong with this reality and how to get back. And they find Doctor Strange, who's a drunk, um, which is a pretty big change. Yeah, pretty big change. And um, you know, just just a a fun. You know, I love alternate reality stories. And I love you know, and I love these characters, and Abbott and Lanny have been doing a great job on it. But the the addition of this art, like this dude, this Felix Ruiz drew the, drew a beast that was just awesome. That was just like a which kind of beast is he? Oh, it's uh, it's um old. It's a uh, Wolverine hair beast. It's pre. I love that they yeah. still have any editorial handle on what the beast should look like. Yep, yeah, exactly. At this point, I kind of like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So just draw what you want. Yeah. Do what makes you feel good, bro. Yeah, why not? <laughs> That's so. what the emails say. But yeah, New Mutants 47 was a great, great surprise. So, loved it. Continuing on, the Shade number 11 is the penultimate issue of the Shade miniseries. And uh, it's continued to be wonderful, I think. Uh, Fraser Irving is doing amazing things in this book. He did the last, how many issues? Two? He did the, yeah, he's done the, the last, last yeah, at least the last, or this, this arc, this whole, or however long yeah. this arc was, I forget. This was, this was beautiful. The Shade versus these pseudo-Egyptian gods who aren't really Egyptian gods, but they came to Earth around that time, so the Egyptians, you know, uh, took them as their gods, and they're destroying London. Just, this was a Fraser Irving uh, tour de force issue. Yeah. Where they're just I, giant panels. Yeah. It was cool how, yeah, like, they, they went with that giant panel theme and just stuck with it the whole way through. It was sort of visually consistent all the way. Yeah. Which, which took advantage of what he could do. I think. And then he got to just do these giant backgrounds over and over and be like, well, that was easy. No, that's a joke. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 as I was reading this, I just, you know, turned page after page after page and I was just like, wow. It was just like, you yeah. know, like it was, it was one, visually, visually stunning. Um, and of course, you know, we, we, James Robinson's at his finest when he's writing this character and I don't think this was any exception. So, um, especially, especially as, as the issue ended. Um, and the decision the shade made, and now I'm great ending, great, great ending. last page, yeah, great, great drawing page. of that last page yeah. with his legs the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. They're going to end this book on a times past issue. I mean, it's appropriate, but yeah, didn't they do that uh, in Starman? Maybe not. No, didn't they? Didn't, didn't wasn't the ending him driving away? Yeah, probably. But they could have. Um, but uh, yeah, I hope he gets to. I mean, he was talking on Twitter about how he just finished writing twelve, and he hopes he gets to write the shit again. And I really hope he does because this is this was a great. I mean, when it first came, I don't want I don't want to utilize eulogize the book yet because we got one more issue. But when it first was announced, we were we were you know hopeful, but also you know worried that he can't go home again. But he certainly has gone home again with this book. It's been fantastic. Uh, finishing up. Uh, Butcher Baker, The Righteous Maker, number eight. Bit of controversy this week on the internet, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. Last this bear may not be the last issue. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. I, this seems like they were pretty definitive about it being the last one. Yeah, this is the last issue. Yep. Um, it was, you know, it was all the things that were great about it. I would just like to say that anytime uh, Huddleston would like to draw a semi truck, yes. okay, but if he ever wants to draw a semi truck with tank treads, that gets <laughs> double thumbs up. <laughs> um that's 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 okay with me um it's funny because this character this butcher baker character um i don't know if there's ever been anything so distilled and pure in terms of joe casey's comic book writing yeah uh, to be put down on a page as as a character that sort of espouses the things that he likes about comic books today 
And I think if like it, it almost feels. Like, I know this is this is a bit lofty sounding, but this feels like a comic, a culmination of the kind of comic book work that he wants to do. Whether there's a big enough audience for that, that's a question. But like this is him. This is him just going. Yes, this is my perfect thing. Yeah. Um, and and for that, it's laudable. Yeah, and I really enjoyed this issue. I thought. I mean, I, I thought the the whole. Yeah, just I mean, it was very wordy, and there was a lot. And I don't know how much that was because they were just trying to finish it or what. But it, but it was. Um, I I very much enjoyed it. So, yeah. Uh. Good wrap up. Yeah, good wrap up. Um, so before Watchmen, uh, Raw Shack number one finally came out, and um, I I just gotta say I I, I love the little subtle. Um, uh, visual stuff that Lieber Mayo is doing with Rorschach. On the cover, there's a uh, close-up of his face, and in the Rorschach print is a body shot of Rorschach, which is cool. And then um, the third page is a shot of the city, and it's kind of like one of those magic eye posters where if you look at it and focus your eyes correctly, you realize that it's Rorschach's face, um, which is really kind of interesting, too. Um, that said, again, I, I just I just don't... For some reason, I mean, Azarello is gritty and grim, um, and I think if anybody were to write Rorschach, it should be Azarello, but I just don't like it. <laughs> just don't want to read it. So I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to stick I definitely don't want to read this one. Yeah. And there was nothing wrong with it. Right. But it just, it just isn't... It's almost... This one's actually so close to the original in tone yeah. for Rorschach that it, that it felt like unnecessary i guess yeah that's why i didn't i didn't even bother with it i knew i didn't want that so i just didn't so this even. is this is the one that you didn't even this this, this, uh, was, this is the first I, one you skipped uh, the first one i skipped the first issue of right that's yeah. what i mean yeah yeah because you were you said you were gonna give them all a shot yeah but then you know as you read more of them i decided what i didn't what i didn't want what i did want yeah um the ones that are too close to the actual book i don't want and the ones that are more f- further away telling different their own stories i'm fine with yeah i mean i'm still i'm still gonna I'm still going to read Dr. Manhattan because you never get to see Adam Hughes art. And that's, that seems, seems to be firmly in, the, in that world. But, you know, I don't – I love Libra Mayo, but I just don't want this. Yeah, especially I'm not, with Rorschach. I, yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm, to I'm, – my pledge to give them all a shot, whether I stick with them or not, that's the other story. But I'm not as uh, – Adam Hughes art isn't as big of a draw for me. Um, but, yeah. but, yeah, it's fun. I respect it. I respect your interest. So. <laughs> uh, I don't believe that I've checked in on Hellblazer in a little while. And I know that uh, people need that from me, let's be honest. That means you hate it. No, it does not at all. Oh. Uh, Hellblazer number 294 came out. I believe we're, we're leading up to a big 300 issue, so we'll see who dies in that one. Um, uh, basically, what was really cool about this is that they found another way to expand John's family, I guess, and, 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 and the, the taint in the Constantine blood. And 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 explore sort of what that means. Uh, and last issue is it feels like there was a there was a gap or a delay since the last one, but it's really kind of mysterious, and I didn't know what was going on. And they, and they explained it really well, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. He's got a he's got a nephew, I guess, an illegitimate nephew that he doesn't know anything about, and and he may be uh, dismembering people and animals. Ooh. So that's yeah yeah a lot of that. I don't even like stories like this, but in this book, I'm down with it. Also, that cover is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. I have to check that out. I don't know what the cover is. What it's is a, it? It's a. It's like a. It's it's Constantine standing there with a cigarette, but he's got like a goat head wrapped around his face and stitched together. It's it's like it's not okay. Weird. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Simon Beasley, and and well, he's, you know, ugh. he'll do that. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Uh, also wanted to touch on uh, last last month's Walking Dead 100 was was pick of the week. Very gruesome. Also. Um, and it, at the end of it, you had this feeling like, oh, things things are 
the, the, oh, they're they're beaten. They're they're defeated. Um, it turns out that's not the case. I'm not surprised. I I'm I know, but I I thought it was really done well because at the end of it, I really had the feeling like. I guess they're just going to be subjugated now, and that's and that's what it's going to be. And and that wasn't what happened at all. Like they all had a bunch of stuff to work out with, and then they went back to going, "Oh no, no, we kick ass!" And uh, <laughs> it really is one of those. And like they do it over and over again. And for some reason, every time I'm like, "Yeah!" <laughs> so I let it. I I want to play around. I I, I want it to. I want to let them go ahead and fool me. And I'm that's totally because you like the characters. I mean, yeah, it totally really is. And and I think and I think it's also like everybody like a lot of the reaction to 100 was like, "Oh, we've seen this before, and it's just the governor again." But I just can't imagine that Kirkman and Adler are going to just going to you know like are, are just you know pulling out page you know playbook pages like it's going to be different it's going to have a different tone it's going to you know so you know I don't know whatever even if it doesn't <laughs> a good time yeah exactly <laughs> that's for sure too <laughs> I, I don't know I could at this point with The Walking Dead I couldn't tell you if it's good or not is that good mm-hmm. <laughs> keep reading it I like it. <laughs> well, if you say if you say yeah as you're reading it, you must it must be good for you. Yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're hooting and hollering, you know. Well, uh, that may have been exaggerated for podcast effect. All right. Well, don't even if you're doing it internally in your head, it still means it's your. That definitely happened, and yeah. it's good. Yeah, it is good. Saucer Country number six. Are you guys still reading Saucer Country? I am. It wasn't at the store, but I am. This is a fill-in issue, sort of. It is. Uh, kind of. This was Jimmy Broxton doing the art, and actually, I kind of liked it better. <laughs> wow. And Ryan Kelly, who I think is great. Yeah. But yeah. I kind of like the Jimmy Broxton art better for the story. Interesting. Um, but this was a, this was the professor guy basically going through the history of UFOs in the, in the world, which I found really interesting. I think the thing about this story is there's a lot of mystery that Cornell is keeping close to the vest. We still don't know everyone's motivations or why they're doing it, but. I, but every time I feel like it's getting too obtuse, I just think that the main story of this presidential candidate who's going to use her campaigning to investigate UFOs is really interesting. Yes. And so anytime I feel like it's getting too far away, I just I go, well, wait a minute. This whole basic idea is, is fun, and there's enough tidbits in here that I like it. So even though occasionally I read an issue and, and feel like I'm a little lost, I, I still come back around to the main story, which I think is really inventive. And I like this issue a lot. As a history of UFOs, I had my phone out with me as I was reading it, looking up various things that he was talking about. Oh, um, that's an interesting approach. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was basically the history of UFOs. He was lecturing the, her, her and her staff about, yeah. about you know, how they've showed up in pop culture and, and history and, and stuff. And maybe, maybe you're not the men in black showed up at the end of this yeah. issue, <laughs> which makes sense since they, that was, that's also part of the UFO story. That would make sense. And their names, their names are Mork and Mindy. <laughs> Nanu Nanu. Awesome. So those are the books that we enjoyed this week. Go to ifanboy.com slash comics, and there's a full list of comics that come out every week, and you can do your pull list, and you can uh, rate them and ratings, and you can do your reviews, which we'll get to in a moment, but you can also pick the book that you think was pick of the week, and we want to highlight um, all the top picks of the, picks of the week for this week from the iFanboy community. Coming in at number five was Batwoman number 12 with 1.3% of the picks of the week. There um, we go. Number <laughs> Number four was Connor. Do you want to help me with this title? DC Universe Presents number twelve with one point six percent. Number three was Mike Allred's uh, Daredevil issue with Daredevil number seventeen with ten percent of the picks of the week. Uh, number two was Wonder Woman number twelve with seventeen point eight percent of the pick of the week. And the number one book continuing its dominion, its Batman esque dominion, is Saga number six with sixty two point seven percent of the picks of the week. And I don't know. I don't know which was mine. I'm torn between uh, Saga, Wonder Woman, and Daredevil. I don't know. 
So well, so was the community. I know. Yeah, clearly. I don't know. Were they torn? <laughs> I don't know if they were torn. I don't think they were torn. No. I think I think that I think that's that Scott Snyder and and uh, Brian Vaughn are headed for a reckoning. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I couldn't get my hands up in time, but I think I think you got the point. I can't. If you add Daredevil and Wonder Woman together, they still equal less than half of Saga's pick. So, yeah. So maybe Saga was uh, a runaway. I'll give you permission to read pick of the week. I can't. Kipper. Kipper 2099 reviewed DC Universe Presents number 12 and gave a story of 5 out of 5 and the art of 5 out of 5. And as Ron said, 1.6% of the audience made the pick of the week at the time of recording. And Kipper 2099 says, just as the first page says, continuity doesn't really matter. And this comic book holds true to that statement. You don't need to be reading Teen Titans to understand what's going on. It's just a really great read from start to finish. I just started reading comic books when the New 52 started, but this is my first introduction to Kid Flash. I really love all the different panel placements and the colors are just out of this world. I even found myself laughing at some of Bart Allen's comments. This book really reminded me of Spider-Man and Bart, reminded that Spider-Man and Bart's personalities are pretty similar. And this was a one-shot story um, featuring Bart Allen as Kid Flash that took place basically in between issues of Teen Titans. And the first page is Bart Allen talking to the audience saying, here's what, here's what you need to know. Here's who I am. Don't worry about it. Continuity is overrated. Clarity is overrated. Let's just have fun. That's awesome. And, That's good. And, uh, and it's just a, a one-shot adventure of these. Apparently, in, in a Teen Titans issue, they went to some far-off land, and they, they took a portal back. They brought some, some creatures with them back to New York, and the creatures are now loose in New York. And this issue is about him finding, you know, rounding them back up and then heading off to the next adventure in Teen Titans. And I loved it. I don't read Teen Titans. You don't need to. Uh, written by Fabian Niciesa, who's great. And art by Jorge Jimenez, who I've never seen before. And he's, he's wonderful. Oh, wow. Uh, just really, really dynamic, fast-paced, uh, crazy... Not G.H. Williams-esque panel layouts, but crazy sort of a lot of, lot of uh, angular panels and some, some you know, lightning uh, influence. And it's just really fun issue. If you want to pick up another one-shot story kid, with kid starring Kid Flash, if you miss those characters, then uh, DC Universe presents number 12. I think they're finally figuring out how to do this series. Whether or not people are buying it or not is another story. But uh, they're finally figuring out how to properly utilize this, 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 this anthology series. Cool. So our next review... Our next review comes from Kreas247. Um, what? Kreas or C. Reyes247. I don't know. I count you people with your names. Um, reviewing Revival number two. Um, we gave the story a four out of five and the art a four out of five. Um, and 0.2% of you made it your pick of the week, um, which I feel like this, yeah, this is low, but that's the saga effect. So, um, so Kreas247 says. This story is getting even better. We have another interesting character introduction, a man named Blaine Abel, who is a demonologist and called in, called in to help the girl who has become possessed with, because with all the people being revived, it's possible they're bringing demon, demonic spirits back with them. And let's just say that Blaine isn't your ordinary demonologist, but he knows exactly what he's doing, so nothing can get past him. Dana is still in shock over her little sister M being a reviver, but meets someone who I have a feeling we'll be seeing a lot more of. M seems to be changing rapidly, and she's out looking for trouble. But what kind of trouble? Find out by continuing to read this crazy, awesome series. It's really more of a blurb than a review. Yeah, it's kind of more of a... <laughs> but, you know, I, we, it's, it's, it's a good book, and we, I wanted to make sure we talked about it. So uh, 0.2% on a, on a saga week for an indie book is nothing to write home about, or it's nothing to be ashamed about. Yeah. Um, I, I, Revival, I, I, I called it out in the light, light week. I mean, that is one of the series. I mean, it's, it's Tim Seeley and Mike Norton have got something with this book, and I hope everybody checks it out because it's, uh, it's, it's def- definitely worth the ride. So. I, uh, I, think, uh, I think there was some really nice character development in this, this issue. We got to know the people a, a lot more than we did in the first one, um, and it, it made me like it more. 
Yeah. Uh, I I thought it was another. I know, like I'm more into the end into it at the end of this second issue than I was the first. So, yeah. and I didn't think the first was bad. I just thought it was yeah not very strong. Right. So. All right, cool. So, the, so go to ifanboy.com slash comics, and you can uh, write the reviews of the books you pick, and you might get one on the show. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Graphically. Uh, and if you are a creator or publisher, and you're looking for a way to get your book in front of as many eyes as possible, as easily as possible, Graphically has the best solution to do that. I believe that. Uh, you upload your book, your comic book, your children's book, your sketchbook, photography book, just about anything graphic-based. Uh, it just takes a few simple steps, and uh, you're on your way to getting into all the major ebook stores, the Kindle store, the Nook store, uh, Kobo, and, of course, iTunes, Apple iBook store. Uh, there's no need to have readers find a specific app. Uh, to find your book, they just go to the store where they're already going to buy ebooks, any kind, either prose or, or, or graphic or anything. Uh, Graphically is going to uh, convert it and it's going to look really good, uh, just like any other book up there. And with 29% of all adults now owning tablets and e reader devices and sales in 2011 increasing over 300% from the prior year, uh, there are over 3 million ebooks sold. Uh, that is a lot of potential customers for anybody uh, making any kind of book, really. Uh, and you can find a full list of pricing and services at the website graphically.com. Uh, have more details and uh thanks very much it's a three-peat yeah just where uh, saga we thought saga had a pretty good track record <laughs> uh but blowing it out of the and and you gotta you gotta note that we do a pick of the week every week but we only do a book of the month once a month uh and every single uh volume of richard stark's parker uh illustrated and adapted from darwin cook has been a book of the month and when i read it uh and it was my turn and we all know that no one wants it to be your turn for book of the month. Um, uh, as soon as I read it, I, and I, 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 could, I could not put it down. And I am a distracted person. Yeah. So there was, there's been three. Did all three of us write a book of the month? On yes, this? now we have. Yes. We, we, yes. Each of us have written wow. a Parker book of the month review. Um, the, the, the fabled iFanboy trifecta. Yeah. yeah. I, think you did, I think you did the first one. I did the second yeah, I did the one. First one. Yeah, and I did the second one. And uh, here is Josh with the third one. Well, it's interesting. So you had a lot of choices. This was a great month for, for graphic novels. You had a new Black Sad. You had yeah. Underwater Welder from Jeff Lemire. And you had the, the Parker's A Score. I mean, it, it was a, an embarrassment of riches this month for um, you. As soon as I, I got my hands on this and I, I started reading it, like, there was no chance it was going to be anything else. It's uh, fantastic! It was so good. I think it might be my favorite of all of them, but I can't even really tell you. It, I mean, it, it's it, what's so funny is that each volume has... Like the first one set the bar and gave us an idea of okay, this is what he's doing, this is what we're gonna see. Then the second one came at you with all the 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 um, versatility and flexibility of that story of of you know the different art styles and all that kind of, you know kind the of prose stuff. pieces. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Now it, and it almost feels now with this third one, it almost feels like it's like okay, like now Darwin's cracked his knuckles and like now we're gonna get to work. We're moving. Yeah, and and, and this, those, those this, other techniques of storytelling were, I think, more seamlessly integrated into this one. Yes, yep. Uh, they were here, not as much as in as in the outfit, uh, but they were definitely there. And then I really like the scope of this operation in the book. There was yep. a bunch of characters. Uh, they all had you know distinct looks. Uh, it was a big plan from the beginning. You knew, hey, this is a bad idea. You know, <laughs> clearly was like you know, it's the one rule of of being a heist guy. Is that if it doesn't feel right, you walk away, and it doesn't do it the whole time. You're like, walk away. Come on, it's gonna go bad. And then, oh, maybe, maybe it'll be a course. It won't be okay. And and what I thought was so funny was not to make it too personal or whatever, but I, I actually found it very allegorical to what Darwin's been going through with the not to bring back the Watchmen stuff, but like so in. 
in the score, Parker gets presented a, a, a heist that he says, no, it's, you know, need too many men. It's too big. It's too many, un, you know, um, you know, too many variables. factors, too many variables, yeah. can't control it. He goes, but then he thinks about it. He's like, yeah, but fuck if I did it. You know, like if I, <laughs> if I could pull it off or like maybe then he gets the idea, okay, this is how I could do it. And then once you have that idea, you can't not. And when I interviewed Darwin talking about uh, Minutemen, he, you know, he initially turned it down because there's no way, there's nothing that I can't do it, whatever. He's like, but then he thought about it and goes, oh shit, now I got a story. Now I got to do it. And so I found it very similar. Like I'm wondering how much that influenced, you know, like, or, you know, it's it, I just funny timing. That's all. It should yeah. be said, you know, the, the stories are, were written by Donald West. Like they, they already yes. existed. So, you know, a lot of that story stuff is, is from the books. And I think that uh, this, I, I, this feels like the books, you know, no one's complained like that. This is bad. You know, this is a bad interpretation of them. They're, they're, they're excellent. This, uh, for, this particular volume was, I think the most fun. Oh, so much yeah. fun. Yeah. Because it was a giant heist. As Josh yeah. said, it was basically, it, the book opens and they're planning the heist. The book is the, the heist is the planning for the heist is the first act. The heist happens and then the fallout from the heist. And I think as, as a, as a action piece, it's fantastic. I remember I sat down to read this and could not put it down because you, you get to that heist and you just want to see what's going to happen. I mean, you know, people love heist stories. Mm-hmm. David Mamet's whole career almost is on heist stories because people love a bunch of guys who know, who are really good at their, their criminal skills make you know pulling off a giant job, and this was a giant job, uh, basically robbing an entire town. Yeah. And and, uh, and and Parker's whole thing is that you know he's ice cold, nothing nothing affects him except he for ladies. Get to him, but but then you know the other guy, the there's so many guys, the weak leaks in the chain, their humanity got to them. You know the the one dude uh, slept with the girl, and she came along. Turned out because she looked like Gwen Stacy. Come on, how could you not? Uh, and then the guy who set up set up the whole thing. Uh, what's his name? trying to remember edwards or something yeah. like Edgar. Edgar edgars yeah, uh yeah. you know the whole time he's the it's you know revenge thing he's the mystery and then and then you know it, it turns out uh, he's a lunatic yeah. um and it was all personal and you never get personal it was just it's this it's this you kind of screaming at the characters in the book like stop it don't you're not following your own rules you know what's, what's going on there's also a lot of great little inventive things in this i love um the one guy who was sort of the main catalyst to a lot of things that happened the blonde uh, kind of goofy character. Growfield? Yeah. Who, oh, who, this, oh, awesome. I he had all those fa- fantasies in his head. Like yep. whenever he, he imagined he was in a, it was part of a military unit when they were in the heist. So scenes, scenes were drawn like World War II. And then he was, when he was romancing Gwen Stacy, it was, you know, he was suddenly in a tuxedo. She was in a dress. And a lot of really inventive stuff. Again, opens with a silent sequence, which was amazing. And I remember just getting four pages in the silent sequence thinking, Jesus, no one is better than this right yeah. now. I, 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 want a, I want a Growfield book. That's how yeah. Grofield was like. He was the 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 crazy, you know, like you know, daydreamer, you know, like in his head. This is the, this is a musical, you know, or or in his head, it's a war or whatever. But it's not where he is, and he's charming and charms the pants off the girl. And like like Grofield was like there was a there was a lot of characters in this. They introduced the whole the 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 team that does this heist because it's a big heist. And and to comic fans, um, there are you know there are nods to other uh, comic creators in here that that Cook is friends with. So like you can you can uh, easily recognize uh, um, um, Dave Johnson as one of them, and you know there's some other folks in there as well. Which Jim is fine. Stranko, Jim Phil Sor- Noto, Jimmy Palmiotti, Frank Thierry, yeah. Dave Johnson, Michael Cho, and Callum Johnson. Yeah, and and the Storanko character Johnson, and yeah. the Dave Johnson ones are the ones that look the most. I think like they're they're real. Storanko was Storanko. Like Storanko was great. Right. Yeah, I love it. Um, but uh, so you get a bit, you get a big kind of crew, and and you get a little bit of you get a little bit of insight into each of their personalities and their approaches. But Grofield stood out. It's just like, oh, uh, he what a great character. 
Yeah. 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 I just, uh, how much is, 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 you know, Darwin made to draw this era? Yeah. Oh. The, I'm looking <laughs> at that picture of the car, you know, with the guns, and there's yeah. the sort of. The, the, and, oh, that's just so well done. Oh, well, nobody, I can't think of anybody else who can draw that with not not just having the lines in the right place, but it just has a style to it. It's the sort feel of, is all. I mean, Dar- you know, Parker's exactly. wearing a little fedora, and he, you know, he, he looks right. I mean, it just looks like everything looks like there, he, should, he exists in this world. There are two moments. There's a scene. There's an establishing shot outside of a diner, and there's a billboard for the movie. It's a mad, mad, mad world. And, and great, like, great movie, by the way. Oh, great! Totally great movie. But like that, just like yes, I know exactly when that is. And then like, and then the scene when we meet um, the girl, when Parker meets the girl that he kind of turns away when she's reading Look magazine and in that chair. Like, oh, it great, just, yeah. great page. And and what's funny is that like I'm not a aesthetically, I'm not a big fan of the color used for the color wash the this kind of like orangey kind of you know kind of color but that said given the given where the heist takes place and given the dust that would be in that's in that region yep. or whatever it totally fits and makes sense and like it totally works you know so like i mean so even my own personal aesthetic has me like i'm i'm raving at it because it works in the context of the story it helps to move yeah, the story but that's how yeah. meticulous starman cook is and that's why it took two years for these books to come out it's because yeah. everything is planned there's nothing yeah. that's happens by mistake in these issues and if you listen to him talk he was doing live drawing in San Diego at the DC, in the DC booth, and he was talking about panel construction and the way that everything is constructed to make sure the page moves. Pro- I mean, he's he is everything from the placement of the panels to the placement of the characters in the panels, as a whole, not just in the panel, but as the, pa- the page and the story. It's it's very meticulously planned, so it takes a long time, and it's worth it for me. It's totally worth it. Yeah, I'm looking at the lines on the very last page. Uh, it's the so basically Parker and and the girl's legs. Yeah, and there's not a lot there, but my God, that's that's wonderful in a, in a hundred different ways. You know, it's it's sort of demure, it's kind of sexy, it's it's sort of simple. Uh, but of. It's, I mean, the thing he's no, I know well, it oozes, know, it oozes. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's just so it's yeah. such nice illustration, but you know, you can still see like the you can see like where the brush hit the the page. It's yeah. not perfect. It's not been cleaned up. I, you know, it's. Just what needs to be there. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say this to detract from the previous two volumes, but I think this might be the best one yet. And in the way that each book it builds on the two that came, on the one that came before it. And I, I want to go back and read the first two. I, I kind of want to read them all in a, in a ring. But it's just like they just keep getting better and better. It's just amazing. So yeah, yeah. So it's, and they're doing it's, two more? Is it, is it three more. I think three more. It was originally supposed to be four, and I think that now that's been expanded. Yeah. I think as, uh, he doesn't need, need to do anything else for me. Like, it's fine. I, I, I think his stuff on Watchmen is great, yeah. as we've said. But if he just wants to do these books yep. for the next ten years, I'm fine. Yeah, me too. That's fine. Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. Yep. So, so far, my two books of the month this year have been uh, this and Tale of Sand, and that's kind of... Those are my two favorite things I've read this year, and those those are are uh, pretty good candidates for book of the year as well too. Pretty pretty up there. Yeah. It's gonna it's it's gonna be tough. Yeah, I don't even I don't even remember what my book of the months were. <laughs> I have my next one picked out. Clearly oh, I'm not gonna say. Oh wow! I'll you, you off the show. Okay, thanks. Off off air. Offline. So. All right, cool. So, Ron, you picked uh, X Men season one. Okay. And Josh picked Flex Metallo. Oh, good. That was good too. Yeah. I picked Hollywood EC stories. Metal is not book of the year. I'm just let everybody in on that. Uh, I picked uh, comic book history comics. Oh, good one. That's Ecstatics good one. omnibus from Ron. That's a good one. All right. Yeah, that's pretty much been this year. Yeah. Wow. Good year. 
We're only halfway through. We got a, we got a bunch. Yeah. You know, yeah. a little more than halfway through. We got two thirds. Two thirds through. We got more to go. I'm excited about my next one. I'll tell you when we're done. Yep. All right, cool. So uh, go to ifanboy.com and you can read Josh's review of The Score by Darwin Cook, um, uh, adapted by Darwin Cook from Richard Stark's uh, Parker novel. And it's and seriously, go you, you, if you're not reading these, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Like the, the these these Parker, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. These Parker graphic novels are the best things ever. So um, we t- we talked about it with Saga Handy to other people who don't, and I'm going to definitely. I already thought after finishing this, this is going to be a Christmas present to some people because it's too good. And it would appeal to people who don't read comics. And it looks the part. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Let's do a couple emails while we still have the time. Johnny wrote in and said, after returning to comic books instead of trade paperbacks, I forgot how many advertisements are injected into the issues. Of course, they need to be there for financial purposes and sponsors, but do you guys feel that the ads interrupt the tempo or mood of the issue story? And could that possibly be the advantage publishers like Image and IDW have over Marvel and DC? Um, and thank you for the show. You make the drive to work a little less shitty. I, I actually been thinking about this a lot lately because I feel like the ads are always hitting at a crucial point in the story, at least in the Marvel and DC books. I just, or it could have always been that way. I'm just noticing it a lot more lately. Because a lot of times those big two-page ones are drawn in some cartoon or comic book style. Oh, those, so those, those kill second, me. Those kill me. For a second, me. you think that you're still reading it and something has changed that doesn't make sense. Yeah. It just throws you off your groove. Have, um, have you noticed? Have you noticed the ads in Marvel books actually have have? Uh, I feel like they their ad sales kind of kicked in, and I feel like that they were seeing more for a while. We were just seeing a lot of house ads, um, but now yeah. but now like we're getting a lot more. You know, like there's a pizza ad and there's a TV show ad, and you know, like I, I've I've noticed the ads take a change in Marvel. Um, I mean, like the thing is, I absolutely understand why the ads are there. And, and no, it's, it's publishing. not to keep your it's, prices down. It's publishing. It's they, publishing. They have, they're trying to make money, and I get that. Yeah. It's totally we, cool. That's, we do, that's we do the same thing. That's part of their, their revenue stream. You're buying the book is another one. I do wish they'd put a little, uh, a little more thought into, into how they do it, but I also understand they probably make more money for doing a two-page spread. I, I, personally, I don't care. I mean, I've, I've read enough magazines and I've read enough comic books yeah. where it's just I, I, I mentally know to skip it. You know, and, and, but you just uh, said, yeah. even though when they, they throw you off, that's yeah. when I don't. That, yeah. That's when it's a thing. The other thing is, that, and people say, well, why don't they just put all the ads in the back like they do? Because no, no one would look at them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, it's, it's, it's I stopped reading things. image books when I hit the ads. I mean, yeah. I just, exactly. I mean, Yep. They're not, there, they're not there, could be, there could be something really, really cool in there, but yeah. I, I, I ain't gonna see it. Yeah. It could be some kind of new ad I've never seen before. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> our next email comes from Emmanuel from Nigeria. It is not spam. Hey guys, my name is Emmanuel, and I'm not from Nigeria. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for the offer, the money offer. I'm a big listener of your Make Comics podcast, and feel like I'm the only Nigerian who's still into comics amongst my friends. Well, I fell in love with the American comic book culture, and I would love to be a comic book artist. But how do I? But how do I start? Do I start with drawing from comics, or studying anatomy from classes, or just continue drawing from my imagination? Parentheses, which I'm poor at. It would be a big help. Thank you. So, Josh, Josh this is not the Make Pot Make Comics podcast. What the hell? I know, but I was just what the I, fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to promote my podcast. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, you know it, it's interesting. You're if you're obviously you're on the internet, you're at a better place than than you've ever been in terms of reach and and uh, outreach to to the community. If if you don't think you're good at drawing from your imagination or or doing just you uh, you just have to keep drawing. I, I got you know you got to keep drawing. Do what you can to get critiques. Do what you can to um, 
find out what it is you're doing right and what it is you're doing wrong and and keep looking you know at other influences and stuff that that can make you better um and, and jot stuff down keep a keep a you know notebook around to put things down and don't worry that nobody else is involved with it if it's the things you want to do then then keep doing it but i i have a sense you're youngish so you probably got time um I don't really know that, but you know, those Make Comics podcasts, I, I have no idea. You, there's no indication as to his age. Well, I'm talking about his friends not being into comics. Well, so I know. talk about my friends not being into comics. It's too late you, for me. You're not a typical. You're not typical. Actually, Ron is exactly typical <laughs> of comic book readers, sure. Um, Either way, you know, like the, the only way to the only way to do it is to get the only way to get better is to do it, yeah. uh, basically. And you have basically my point is you have more resources now than anybody has ever had in the history of comic books to 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 get better at doing it. Yeah. Um, so the the only thing stopping you is really is really your own uh, either drive or talent, and you kind of only need one of those things. I mean, honestly, to, his, to, his, to his questions, you know, how do do I start with drawing from comics? Yes. Do I start studying anatomy from classes? Yes. Do I continue drawing from my imagination? Yes. Just always be drawing and be getting yeah. better, you know, and like and 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 just be doing it. And, you, and and if you won't, if you don't be doing it, then you won't do it. So, well, the, the only other thing I would point out is that uh, drawing from comics is one way, and you, sh- you shouldn't necessarily learn how to draw people and things from comics. But there's a lot of stuff to be learned there. But you should learn how to do storytelling and, and sequentials from comics. That's what they're good for. And you don't have to have a bunch of imagination to to sort of practice what that is. You need to look at an action and say, how would I translate that action to panels on a page yeah um so exactly. so you know that's a thing you can work on you don't have to think about it that much if you see a you know a dog run across the street or shutting a window or, or something like that how would you draw that in a comic book and sequential art form and that's 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 what the job of a comic book artist is right um, exactly so those are things to think about anyway cool so if you've got a question, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. We're going to skip the voicemails this week. But if you have a voicemail question, you can call us at 188-FANBOYS. That's 188-326-2697. And now we're going to talk about Parker, the score. Oh, wait. We already did. No, oh, we did that already. <laughs> but we are going to talk about another um, – Paul's not here, but I can talk about the fact that we do a, a podcast called iFanboy Don't Miss – uh, which comes out mostly every Monday. Um, this past Monday, I talked to Mike Allred about his work on Daredevil. Um, and if you are curious about Mike Allred and curious about where he's coming from, I strongly urge you to go back and listen to that episode. You can get it on the Don't Miss feed, which is a unique feed in iTunes that you can subscribe to, or go to um, ifanboy.com and listen to it there. Um, and it's a great conversation. And it's great to hear how the whole story came about, just to hear Mike Allred's reverence for the character and his interest in you know in Daredevil and in comics in general, and just one of the nicest guys around. So. So um, I strongly urge you to take a listen to that. And Paul will be on iFanboy Don't Miss this week with a um, interesting conversation about an upcoming issue of Punisher. So uh, definitely hit listen to that. It'll be out on Monday. Very cool. There's also the Make Comics podcast, which I come out with every Wednesday, but it won't be out this week because I'll be off and there's nowhere to do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. So we did it this week, apparently. Yeah, we did just do it last, last week, and we'll be doing it the week after that. Uh, I meant right now. Right now? Yeah, there. Hey, there's that. Well, it was me talking instead of Andy. Make comics podcast if you if you want to know anything about making comics uh, in its various forms. There are many aspects to it. it turns out there's there's more things than we have to talk about. <laughs> As I mentioned last week, 
Uh, episode 350 is coming up. Upon, it's two weeks away. This is episode 348. And as such, we do our all-email show on the 50s. So if you want to get your email in, we've gotten tons so far. So get it in soon. The deadline for emails is August 29th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And you have to put 350 in the subject line. Otherwise, it won't get in. Although it probably will because we want to put some old ones in too because we have a lot of email backed up. Uh, we're going to be recording on August 30th, apparently. If that's still in place. And I tell you this because... We're probably going to live stream it. <laughs> well, you just backed Ron into a corner there, didn't you? <laughs> just, well, as I banged my head on the well, table. We've been talking about it. I think we've done it before. Yeah, no, no. We, we, I, yes, yes, we will. What, what, how we live stream it, I'm still go, we're going to figure it out. Well, you, but yes. I didn't say exactly how. I said yeah. we're probably going to. Yeah. Um, that probably is key. Yeah. So I'm not sure when during the day or what's going to happen, but we'll give you more information as we know it. If we decide not to live stream it, we'll also let you know. But that's the plan right now is to record on the 30th and live stream the show. And that just adds another layer of madness to the entire proceedings. Uh, so make sure you get your email in by August 29th at 6 p.m. And subject line 350. The, the, live, the recording and the live stream on the 30th probably would be evening Eastern time, right? Late afternoon Pacific time. Is that when we're netting out or – it's not going to be during we'll the talk. day, basically, right? No. We'll, okay, good. we'll talk about it after yeah, the yeah, show. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's next, let's, let's, next week, let's nail down the time and everything. Yeah. So that's what's happening in two weeks. So if you want to get your sh- email in, email it soon and make sure it's good and make sure it's interesting. And, and uh, hopefully we'll see you on the live stream if it happens. If, if not, uh, just someone will still be drunk. Someone. I get, two of us somewhere. will be drunk. Somewhere. Somewhere. Josh, Josh and Ron. <laughs> Meanwhile, you can go to fanboy.com. You can read Josh's Pick of the Week and, and Book of the Month review. And you can read all the in-depth discussion. We had great stuff on Joe Kubert this week, the sad the passing of Joe Kubert. Lots of great articles about that, including some nice touching tributes in the weekly sketch-up article this week. You can also go to fanboy.com slash about to see our staff listing and our social network links to be our friend online. And you can follow the action at twitter.com slash ifanboy and facebook.com slash ifanboy. And as we told you last week, the video show is now ending ended again as we finished our San Diego shows. But you can still go back and watch all the interviews. And uh, perhaps we'll be back for the next uh, big show. Perhaps it will, perhaps it won't. We don't know yet. Uh, Just like the live streaming. It's true. We, we commit to nothing. You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. I'll commit to that. Uh, you can leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697 with your questions for the show. Those will be back. Uh, next week and if you have a question for the show and you're leaving on the voicemail make sure you say who you are where you're from and uh you know keep it air ready you know yes. just think about you keep your presentation you want to keep it short you want to be to the point uh this is not a soliloquy time buddy this is not your time to get up on the stump it isn't that's this is our stump Good. there yeah. it is i've said it yep there's not so, a lot of room on the stump there is three we barely fit and we push a lot yeah yeah um, if you like what we do, please uh, tell the world, tell your friends, tell the comic book store, tell your cousin that you haven't talked to since the last uh, since last year Christmas when he gave you that sweater, um, or go to iTunes and write a review um, of the show. We thank everybody who's written a review of this show. Go write reviews for Make Comics and for iFanboy Don't Miss. Those are the shows that need to get your reviews to help get the word out. Um, and please let people know that you dig what we do because we like doing it for you, only for you, not the other guy for you. So, just you. Just you. All right. Well, I have a lot of work to do before that live show. So, <laughs> um, I actually need a tripod. Fuck. Anyway. All right. So uh, that's it. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh, and I got to go. 